Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you all. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mark. My wife, Christina, and I moved um, our family to D.C. during the pandemic and started attending Christ Church as things were beginning to open up. The thriving children's program has been a particular blessing to us. It's a powerful testimony to Katie's compelling vision and her diligent work. Last year, I began working under Katie as the children's minister. Now that she's been called to a new parish, I hope to prove faithful in tending what she planted here. Well, we've just heard some very challenging readings, but as this is my first homily here, with John's permission, I'm going to take the liberty of completely ignoring them to reflect instead on something else. The words of Jesus that we hear, especially in the 9 a.m. service, as we invite children to children's chapel. Let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. One of the great privileges of being a parent and a children's minister is that when we spend time with children, we're constantly catching glimpses of God's kingdom. The heart of Jesus' preaching was the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. God's kingdom is the hope of a world in which all things fulfill God's justice and express God's love, in which individuals, communities, all creation are fully alive because we live the life of God. It's this kingdom that came near in Jesus Christ. It's this kingdom that's taken root among us, God's people. But the world, including the church, is all too often mired in brokenness and pain, injustice and violence. The kingdom of God is often hidden, and it's easy to lose faith that God is cultivating it among us. As we reckon with the brokenness of our world, we can even lose sight of the beauty and the goodness of God's kingdom altogether. So today, I invite us to rekindle our desire for God's kingdom by seeing its goodness and the goodness of children. Let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. These words appear in a similar context in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Let's hear Mark's version of the story, chapter 10, beginning verse 13. People were bringing children to Jesus in order that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took them in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The disciples, apparently, imagined God's kingdom as an adult affair. Let the children keep their distance for the kingdom of God belongs to adults, to those smart enough or strong enough or good enough to overcome the forces that oppose it. If God's kingdom depends on adult achievement, then having children running around can only get in the way. The disciples have badly misunderstood. This is one of only a few occasions when Jesus overtly corrects them in anger. Jesus was indignant. No! He says, let the children come. Let me bless them. They're not obstacles to God's kingdom. 
The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Children show us the character and the spirit of God's kingdom. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. For we can't welcome the kingdom while rejecting its childlike spirit. Children are a symbol of the kingdom. In Mark's gospel, Jesus is especially cryptic, and so he is here. He doesn't describe the kingdom with clear concepts. Instead, he points in an open way to something concrete and familiar, children. He gives us the key, but he leaves to us the work of unlocking the door. Or like a poem, his words invite us to return again and again and meditate on them. And as we grow in understanding, their meaning deepens for us. The better we know the ways of children, the better we will know the kingdom. Well, what are little children like? Any parent can tell you. They're unruly and inappropriate. They're loud and obnoxious. I love how the King James translates our verse, suffer the little children to come. <laughs> Isn't that what it feels like sometimes? We suffer little children. But even when suffering children, perhaps they have something to teach us. Children are unruly, but if the spirit blows where it wills, the kingdom may be unruly too. Children are loud, but when we make a joyful noise, the kingdom is loud too. Still, I think it's best to begin not where we're annoyed, but with our moments of delight in children. And especially when delight passes into nostalgia, when we become aware of how different children are from adults and we wish we could have again what they have. Nostalgia can be dangerous and demobilizing, but at its best, nostalgia for a lost childhood is a secret longing for God's kingdom. Something of this nostalgia lies behind the biblical tale of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are adults, they're married after all, but they have at first the innocence of children who don't yet know good and evil. Like children, they feel no shame though they're naked. They learn language. They work happily in the garden without toiling. A happy childhood is perhaps the closest we ever come in this life to Eden. No wonder the kingdom of God belongs to the childlike. Little children delight in the goodness and the beauty of everything. A child may be as interested in a stick as a fancy new toy. At an art museum, my daughter Geneva enjoys the glowing exit sign as much as the art. <laughs> Children intuitively know that God made everything beautiful in its time. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Little children feel deeply, but their feelings aren't simply their own. They mirror others. If your child stumbles, he may look at you before he reacts. Should I cry or should I laugh? Their feelings are contagious. My son Ephraim may be perfectly content until his sister starts crying, and now he's crying too. Children rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Little children lack perspective. They respond to what's before them, good or bad. They shriek when you take away a toy and become perfectly content with a new one. But because they live moment by moment, they're utterly free from adult worry and anxiety. They do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Little children don't blame others when bad things happen to them. If Ephraim whacks Geneva, she may start crying because it hurts, but she doesn't hold a grudge. As soon as he stops, she's happy to play with him again. 
Children, keep no record of wrongs. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. We could go on. Little children are natural learners. They're blind to social hierarchy. They're unconcerned with the judgments of others. They speak the truth without guile. As you wrangle children this week, or recall your own childhood, I invite you to continue these reflections for yourself. Each of us is familiar with children through our own unique wisdom and experience. And so each of us is capable of unique insights into God's kingdom. This reflection can be a kind of prayer, like Lectio Divina, for when a symbol brings the kingdom to life within us, the Holy Spirit is at work. Children are a multifaceted symbol of God's diverse kingdom. Nevertheless, there is one word that expresses better than any other how children show us God's kingdom. We find it not in Mark, determined to be cryptic, but rather in Matthew. Whoever humbles himself like this little child, he is great in the kingdom of heaven. The childlike spirit of the kingdom, Jesus says, is humility, lowliness. But it's not easy to see how humility could be a good and desirable thing. The ancient Greeks and Romans thought of humility as a misfortune. The, low, the lowly are vulnerable at the mercy of others, objects of scorn and ridicule. The English word humility comes from the same Latin word that gives us humiliate. If the lowliness of humility is a good thing, why is it so painful to be humiliated, to be brought low? Humility seems to invite abuse and entrench oppression. Isn't humility that immobilizing lack of self-esteem that traps the vulnerable in abusive situations? Or isn't humility the passivity that emboldens the powerful by crushing the will to resist oppression? In Hebrew, the word humble and the word oppressed differ only by half a stroke. But if the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, children can help us see humility in a different light. Little children are immune to humiliation, but not because they're plagued by self-doubt. Children are vulnerable to abuse, but they resist pain and seek pleasure with all the resources at their disposal. Children don't think less of themselves. They just don't think about themselves at all. Developmentally, little children lack a concept of self, so they're naturally turned outwards, absorbed in the world. No wonder they're so full of delight in the world, so slow to blame and quick to forgive, so free from adult anxiety. No wonder they so effortlessly share the joys and the tears of others. Children remind us that humility is no burden, but a precious gift. We adults shouldn't try to recover a lost childhood. We must seek God's kingdom with adult maturity, putting childish ways behind us. But for us, as for children, humility doesn't mean thinking less of ourselves. Rather, it means thinking of ourselves less, right? turning outward towards God, towards our neighbors. Humility is not losing ourselves, but gaining a world. Indeed, humility is the very life of God. For in Christ, God humbled himself and became a child, turning towards us to share God's life. And when we gather as Christ's body, we turn towards God to receive that life in word and sacrament. We turn towards others, sharing the life of God's people and all their diversity. 
by turning us outwards towards God, towards our neighbor. The church is a school of humility. May God's kingdom come among us in the spirit of humility, the spirit of children, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these.